taken a plane ride lately? In the near future, that jet could be powered by corn or soybeans, and it's a significant opportunity for agriculture. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. Renewable fuels have been a hot topic for agriculture for some time, with ethanol and biodiesel key products from farm crops. But that's changing with renewable diesel catching on, and now it's sustainable aviation fuels. Those sustainable aviation fuels, or SAFs, can be made from a range of different commodities, but there are trade-offs. We turn to Dr. Patrick Gruber, CEO of Givo, an energy company that's making a significant investment in sustainable aviation fuels based on ag commodities. The company is getting ready to break ground on a new plant in Lake Preston, South Dakota, that will become a significant source of these fuels. But the commodity source for a sustainable aviation fuel is just part of the equation. In our conversation, Gruber explains what it takes to reduce a processing plant's carbon intensity in a world where aiming for net zero is the key. He discusses that and the role farmers will play in this future fuel. Well, Dr. Gruber, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here and talk to you. So we're talking about something I don't think a lot of farmers know is going on, and that's kind of a an opportunity in the aviation industry for agriculture, which is is a unique crossover. Can you tell me what sustainable aviation fuel even is? Sure. It is jet fuel that has had the fossil carbon swapped out and substituted with renewable carbon. And there also needs to be what's called a CI reduction, a carbon intensity reduction. And that usually requires uh, some renewable energy to be applied as well. So sustainable aviation fuels is a shorthand code for we got rid of the fossil carbons, substituted in renewable carbons, and made it with a low carbon footprint. And that's what everyone's interested in. Right. There are some players in this market already. Jibo's not the only one. How are you separated in the market from what others are doing? So a lot of the folks who've been out working on this, they work with using vegetable oils, raw materials, or waste fats and oils and things like that. So they can take they make renewable diesel first and then they convert renewable diesel into SAF. They can do that, but that's where renewable diesel is a pretty robust market in and of itself and worth, worth good money. We're the guys who do carbohydrates as raw materials. So for us, in, in it's taking the carbohydrates, say, out of corn or another source, but in the U.S. it's going to be corn, separate the protein and the oil, sell the protein and the oil into the uh, food market or the food chain, and then you take the carbohydrates, do a fermentation. The technology we're working with, farmers ought to know about, it's ethanol. You do ethanol, and then you do chemistry from that ethanol and turn it into the jet fuel, and it is jet. It is just the drop-in jet fuel, and so it, it's a pretty slick thing the fact that we've been able to put this together in such a way where you decarbonize or reduce the energy efficiency improve the energy efficiency of the ethanol plant improve uh how to do that chemistry is what we bring to the party we we are planning building a plant like preston south dakota it'll be a greenfield ethanol plant combined to a jet fuel plant two plants side by side and the thing will be powered by wind biogas and renewable hydrogen so you're so with that plant alone will be re- reducing its carbon intensity in addition to subbing out the fossil carbons for the car- for renewable carbon so it's a low carbon footprint SAF yeah in fact it's net zero so the way you do that is you wow. use the farmers up there do an outstanding job of 
they all got modern equipment and uh, GPS systems and they track everything and they're doing low till, no till. And that actually in that soil, they're building up carbon. So you actually get sequestration of carbon in the soil. Finally, the world is just starting to wake up that that's a legit thing. Um, so much you've had this big conflict where enviro groups oftentimes just they just agriculture is bad. It, you know, it's the pollutes and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't. It depends how you do it. And so it's extremely important for people to understand what farming actually is about and what modern farming actually is about. They have the wrong paradigms. Okay, that's the starting point that gets the renewable carbon. You do the processing of it. And of course, it takes electricity and heat to manufacture something. So by using wind electricity, by using biogas, uh, and by doing all kinds of energy integrations, we can reduce that fossil energy need you know because you know the grid electricity mm -hmm. it's 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 like mostly fossil electricity right. and uh likewise natural gas is all fossil so that's actually what would give rise to these big footprints from these fuels so by substituting limiting those you can wipe out the whole thing and get down to net zero and then you throw on top of it these carbon sequestration approaches like with summit pipeline they're planning on building a pipeline that goes not too far from lake preston we hook up to that we can actually get the carbon negative and what's amazing about this is you're talking about measuring it from co2 before it's you know grows up into a plant so it goes into the corn gets in the carbohydrate you take and manufacture the fuels you capture that fuel then you burn the fuel and if you measure the CO2 emissions at the tailpipe of a jet engine, you're actually net zero across or even negative. That's astounding. Oh, it's it's it is astounding when you think about it, because you're right. I mean, any anybody who tries to bring an alternative product, a plant based product to market gets attacked because agriculture is bad. But as you said, we're doing a better job of tracking what we do and we aren't bad. We well, are then, making a difference. You got it. Well, you know what's hard is we have to do so much work because you got everybody in there. Everybody just has – they're not looking at this like the world looks at it. Because everybody everybody from the Midwest knows farmers take their – this is their asset. This is how they make their livelihood. This is serious. They live here. This is their quality of life. The rest of the world does not know this. And, you know, when you start thinking about all the perspectives around the world and what's being taught or how many – think about how many people live on the coast who have never, ever been to a farm – they have no idea what actually happens. And so we have to, we do a lot of work teaching them. We bring people out to uh, Laverne, Minnesota, take them out to farms. We'll bring them to Lake Preston. We show them uh, how farming is done. We have this program that we're doing this year where we're working with the farmers up in Lake Preston area. We're gonna do all the measuring of their fields, show that they're, we're gonna prove they're building up soil carbon. And we're going to do this for a couple of years in anticipation of our plant being built up there because we need to prove to people that, in fact, no, really, you build up soil carbon. It, people know this in general, but what happened, what's happened is the nobody, it's, it's too aggregated. So in other words, the farmers up in South Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, places like that, they're out, they do outstanding job of farming. You know, they capture the carbon, they're paying attention to the groundwater runoff, all the stuff, right? And their yields are really, really high. Yet the national average is like, what, 170 something. That means somebody's really not very good at this. When you look at maps, you find out the on the East Coast, there's all kinds of these little tiny farms where people are getting 40 bushels per acre. I mean, nobody, that's not a living. Nobody's doing that for real or for keeps. That's like somebody's hobby. 
And so somehow we got to get the real data so that the good guys don't get don't get dragged down by the bad guys. And, and got to, we got to sort that out. Well, of course, that's problematic. It causes controversy because then you're, well, there's good farmers and bad farmers, which is, of course, reality. Just like there's green electricity and there's fossil electricity. We got to fix these things. And without, so if we muddle everything together, then everyone's confused. You know what? We start sorting out the data, make it clear. We want everyone to improve. How do you help that happen? You start by measuring stuff and documenting it. So we talk about Jivo, and I know you've got the plant in Laverne, Minnesota. I've, years ago, I was down there. That facility, uh, that's a kind of a proof of concept facility, right? It's making SAF now, isn't it? Well, it's it made the alcohols for SAF. So okay. the way that the, the and we did that at Laverne, and then we have a plant down in Texas where we actually made the jet fuel, and uh, we proved that all out. It took us years to make to do all because you got to prove this darn jet fuel on like mm -hmm. every engine on every plane, military and commercial. And we got it done. A lot of work. And um, and you're right. We use that as a proof of concept plant. And uh, now it's we've been bringing our customers up there. So Delta Airlines was just up there and Delta brought their customers to it. And pretty much no one had ever been to a farm before. And so we were teaching them about what is true. We took them out to the farms. There's a guy named uh, Sean Feikema and Feikema Farms. And uh, he's real good. He does all really good sustainable agricultural practices. We've done a lot of work measuring his fields. And we can show people with absolute certainty that, in fact, you know, this stuff is sustainable, and which is and it, that blows them away because they had no idea. Well, yeah, but they're all hot about SAF. I mean, Delta signed deals with you, American, yep. Finnair. The list is pretty long. When, when I open my inbox and there's another Jivo release, I'm pretty amazed. Those are big numbers. When do you start filling those contracts? We'll start in our net zero one plant is okay. going to be our first really large scale plant. That's going to be online in 2025, Lake Preston, okay. South Dakota. We have sold 350 million gallons of SAF. That's worth about $2 billion a year in sales. They, we're doing taker pay contracts. What taker pay contracts allow us to do is get better debt financing is what we're hoping, mm -hmm. right? Because if we make it, they're buying it. It's astounding that these guys are all stepping up to it. It's also astounding and awesome that they're buying into our sustainability story. So not only that, they're starting to tell the story about how, how agriculture fits into this and how we should have sustainable agriculture as part of the overall program. And that is really part of what you're shooting for here, right? Is to get people instead of just, oh, you know, Agriculture does such a great job of producing food and people don't they don't recognize it. They don't realize it. they go, well, we got to have more protein. Well, what are the two crops that produce the most protein per acre? That'd be corn and beans, for God's sakes. Yeah. So come on, people wake up. And but no one knows that unless we, you go out and got to shout it to them. And then you know, they have no idea and they don't get that you can make protein. And then you have the carbohydrates. Well, carbohydrates, what are they good for? Well, you can make sweeteners out of them. Well, the sweetener market isn't doing the same things it used to do. People have woken up and said, eh, probably not so much sugar. But you know what? We can make that into SAF. And so we should. Or ethanol. But it's just a different paradigms of talking about it and thinking about it. And there's this major concept that's here underneath. And this is about CI score reductions, the carbon intensity reductions. This is a big deal. And that's, I think, how these products will be valued in the future. And it, in the past, it hadn't been important. Now it will be in the in the future. So Lake Preston, what kind of volume will Lake Preston have by 2025 when it's up and running? Because it's not going to do 350 million 
gallons a year, is it? That's right. No, no, no. It'll be like 62 million gallons of hydrocarbons, 54 million gallons of SAF is built into that. So it'll make some diesel fuel and gasoline as well. So think of that as the equivalent of 100 million gallons of ethanol input. All right. So that's the size. And so we obviously got to go build a whole bunch of plants. And so we've been scouting sites throughout the um, region in the Midwest and a few places, a few other places, too. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you go where there's really good corn, good infrastructure, good. You want to you want to sell the feed products. You want to uh, be able to transport the jet products out easily. You will got to have access to renewable energy. So this, you know, uh, we we, we're going to. We'll start off building greenfield plants because we can control the timelines of everything and do the renewable energy development and all the energy integrations. But we are working on deals with existing ethanol plants and we'll get those done, too. They're just harder because they're already tied up with infrastructure and energy. And so part of this game to get the low CI scores is that you have to do something about the electricity and the natural gas. You got to solve those. Otherwise, you can't get to a low carbon score. Well, that makes sense. And I was going to ask that question. I mean, the demand for SAF is going to be pretty high. And this is good news for farmers because the ethanol demand is solid, but but SAF actually has a longer yeah. um, tail for demand in the future, right? I mean, the aviation industry would love to fly electric airplanes, but that's going to take a long time. So SAF has got a long potential future. So these plants could opportunity in the long run play if they can get their CI scores lower. You got it. So what'll happen, I think, is, you know, everyone start. people are starting to recognize that EVs probably aren't going to happen as fast. So there's going to be a gasoline pool, but your point's right. It's going to start shrinking. And so there's only so much stuff you can put into there. Jet fuel, on the other hand, we are going to be flying jet fuel for the next to forever. And the reason is it's so darn energy dense per gallon. That's why it was developed in the first place. That's why it works so well. So how do you do that? Make it, you know, so there's a lot of opportunity here and you're right our technology is designed to take ethanol and convert it into SAF and the the trick and the art of it is how do you integrate things and drive out that fossil based energy sources and so that's the kind of programs that we pursue we work with Juul Energy you guys in the Midwest know them already they've been active doing renewable energy Um, and we work with other folk too and it is all about how do you drive that footprint down and it is not uh, you know, ethanol plants have never had to compete on CI score. That's just not they get paid for the RFS. That's it. Jet fuel is 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 you get RFS, yes, but you get benefits from CI score, like selling into California or New York or somewhere like that. And uh, the airlines themselves have a requirement of driving down CI score. So it's a very different competitive basis than what the ethanol industry grew up with. And to compete, yeah, you got to drive out CI. That's just a fact of life. But those techniques all exist. The question has been, who's going to pay? Well, guess what? I got 350 million gallons pre-sold. And so at least we know that much and we can get on with it from there. Well, I think demand, the demand is there and I think the price will come down a little bit too, right? In the long run, once you're up to scale, will that make a difference? Uh, you know, we're, yes, but it's a, um, the, I think the airlines themselves, uh, well, here's the way I pr- we price it. Yep. Is we start with the, we start with jet fuel price, then we add an we put an adder onto it, right? Okay. Uh, like a, think of it as a tolling fee, and then there's the stack up the green values. The green value is SAF is you get some RFS, you get some lenders tax credit, you might sell to California, you get the LCFS credit, and we share some of that with the airlines. 
And so now they're aligned with us strategically in that if green value goes up, they get a cheaper fuel. The net to them on price is not too different than petro price. So they like this approach. It solves their problem. And then we can make enough money to have interesting paybacks for investors. So it's a system that already can work and is cost competitive. So that's what's interesting about it. So we build this plant in Lake Preston. It'll be cost competitive at the customer gate, which is pretty darn interesting. Yeah. Um, and so the other thing that we're going to add to this over time is I want to see farmers get credit for the good work they do in their soil because I it just galls me that people just want to blow that off. And I think we just the way we're going to we're going to be just so pushy about this because it's one of the we think about what's 200. It's what, 200 million acres between corn and beans, I think, are planted in this country. Yep, about and that, can, yeah. Yeah, and you can sequester carbon in all of it. That's like the yeah. biggest source of carbon capture, more than this putting it down hole in a geological formation. You know, if we got everyone oriented right, we could we could suck CO2 out of the atmosphere just by improving the farming techniques for everybody. Well, how about we get after that? Well, you know what? This new, uh, the, the new... Um, What's it called? The new bill that just passed on the mm -hmm. in the Senate that has that kind of stuff in it. And so that's going to be very good for all of us. Right. And uh, they they call it climate smart agriculture. It got it got funded. Yep. And, you know, it, it's just a different game and a different paradigm. But it's but it is going to be about measuring stuff, accounting for it clearly and uh, then monetizing it. And we want to see farmers get paid more. Well, yeah, and that makes sense. And it's easier to collect the data today than it was a decade ago, too, because we have all those systems are already built into all of our equipment, which will help that process. Data collection yep. is a key to this. Yep. So as you go forward, um, there's nothing but <laughs> don't take this wrong. Rainbows and leprechauns. It's all good news. Right. Uh, just keep pushing ahead because the airlines are excited. As I mentioned before the call, I was at the Farnborough Air Show this year with the Aviation Week team, and there was a lot of interest in SAF there. They actually were selling SAF to the airlines at a subsidized price, and the airplanes that were there, and they all bought it. Um, that includes some pretty fancy stuff that was flying when I was there. So the industry's in. Can you build it fast enough? Well, I think that that's part of the challenge. And so whenever you're dealing uh, with these big plants, like this plant in Lake Preston, South Dakota, is probably yeah. going to be over a billion dollars on a fully financed, fully installed basis, right? It's big freaking capital investments. And so whenever investors are seeing something like this, they're going, yeah, you better do some show me here. And yeah. the good news is, is that we can leverage working with Fluid Quip on ethanol plants design. They've built uh, some plants lately in Praj. We work with them. So, But people understand that we can do these very energy efficient plants. Yeah, we're picking out you know, more energy efficient pumps and certain unit operations inside of there more than because we're not we'll trade, for instance, we'll pay a little more for capital if we can get a lower CI score from the uses less energy. And then we work with Axons, who has been doing these technologies in the petrochemical industry where they take these uh, building block hydrocarbons like ethylene is one. It's a two carbon building block. And then they yeah. make it into fuels. Well, those guys at Axons didn't know that you could drive the CI scores low. Well, we showed them how to do that. And they're like, well, gosh, we're going to work with you. So we have an exclusive license with them. But we're working with proven technologies. It's just that how you put them all together to drive CI score down is a different paradigm than what people are used to. Because you're thinking across business systems and trying to optimize. So in that way, it's a very different game. So the technologies are super mature 
for this kind of a thing, given the state of the business. Now, we got to go build plants. So a lot of our job is to, you know, form that capital and go build things. Well, how do you start with that? Well, that's why we have the offtake agreements. Next things we do, when we have the money in the bank, I think, for doing the equity components of our first net zero plant, net zero one, then we got to start funding all the other plants and get on with it. We already have done, we're doing preliminary work for our second plant, which we expect Mm -hmm. to be bigger than net zero one. So we just got to go on and get things built is what we got to go do and form the capital to do it. That's a that's a problem a guy likes to have. I'm sorry. You know, that you, you can't build it fast enough. That's not a bad thing. OK, but that brings up the other side of this. What's the competitive landscape? Will there be other people vying for my corn in the near future? I think that the uh, I'd like to see ethanol continue to grow, you know, because I think there, I think the capacity for farmers to grow more stuff and more, you know, and get more yield is good. And they got to have markets for it because there's all kinds of new, cool, new technologies that can be applied. I'd like to see that happen. And um, I think that what we'll see in our space is we're the guys right now who are the only ones really doing the carbohydrate approach. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, we're going to try to go spread it wide, you know, so we're going to really push hard and we'll build plants and eventually we'll license stuff too. So we'll try and, and grow and other people might get in that area too. On the um, oilseed side, there's a big push to get more stuff done too. But, you know, anyone who's growing things, you know, knows it depends exactly where you are and what year it is as to whether you got to grow beans or corn. So yeah, it's not yeah. a, it's not so straightforward as just saying, hi, we're just going to plant more beans. So, I think, you know, all of it, the fact that protein is in demand is going to continue to be in demand and it can be made more sustainable is a big deal. And so think about that. You have all these people pushing in, you know, I want to do impossible. I want to eat the impossible burger or whatever. Cool. Except for, you know, meat is good. And it doesn't, meat does not pollute like people say it does. It doesn't have to, you know, I mean, so there's just so many paradigms we got to bust around the views of agriculture to show people. So I think there's huge amount of growth potential and uh, and that means more profit for everybody along the way while the serving air- the world. Yeah, and the serving- airlines are definitely in, that's for sure. Even uh, general aviation, because I was with Gulfstream and the same thing, they're really pushing SAF for their new Gulfstream 400 and the new 800. So a lot of interest in that area, even in an area where you wouldn't think there would be. But like you say, the oilseed folks are they already have a superb demand with renewable diesel right it's immediate it's, it's immediate and it costs it actually you know if you're a renewable diesel guy yeah. you're making good money on it and it costs you money to make it into saf hence yeah. they were pushing for the saf credits which got into this new bill too so but they got to drive the ci score down so you know that's the right general approach i don't think anyone's perfectly satisfied with this new bill but on the other hand it's generally headed the right direction and uh and it's not extreme so i think that's all good for us and good for agriculture good for people like us who are crossovers between agriculture and petro world mm-hmm. And uh, it also had a bunch of the other stuff for supporting, you know, the wind and the hydrogen and all the rest. And so this, the issue that I think is going to be really fascinating to watch and for, you know, your listeners, it's going to be what happens with the farm bill. And the reason that this is important is that when you think electricity is a freaking problem, it's a problem. It's got a grid problem. We can't transfer stuff, transfer electrons, and it's dirty. 
And we all get pe- we all get beat up like an ethanol guy gets beat up because, oh, ethanol uses so much energy, you know, fossil footprint. Well, yeah, that's because he's freaking tied to the grid. Can we please, you know, fix that? And, and you know, maybe we can have more renewable energy. But but a lot of it is governed by co-ops. Co-ops come from being funded by the farm bill. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be important to pay attention to. The other one is about biogas. You know, we have all this manure that's produced from all these animals. Yep. And you know what? Maybe we should figure out way. We just built up. We just built a um, uh, biogas plant. You know, for doing um, RNG, mm-hmm. and we're using three dairies. It covers you know twenty thousand plus head of cattle, three hundred fifty-five thousand million BTUs, and it's working about that rate right now. And we upgrade it and send it to California, market it through BP. But this is a, a what a great solution here. We solve a problem for dairies. We capture the manure. We take it and turn it into biogas, and then use the biogas for other purposes, including we'll take it up to our plant at, at net zero one, and use it to make the heat to generate the SAF. Or and so why don't we do that everywhere? Well, I think that's something that should be a focus in the farm bill is how do we do it and how do we do it with even smaller farms, and how do we do it with, uh, you know, the beef. Or in the pigs and all the rest. I mean, people do it a little bit, but systematically, we should be capturing all the darn manure and let's repurpose it. And because not only do you get the biogas, you get good fertilizer out of it, and that solves yet another problem. So there's all kinds of things, but it's just a different way of thinking about things because you're talking about these systems approaches and getting people to collaborate and work together. Yeah, because I think that's what's different about your approach is that it's not just about the end product, SAF. It's about all the steps that lead up to that. And 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 you're like you said, your investment in RNG is another part of that. Renewable natural gas is a big deal. There are I don't know how many more digesters are being built in Iowa right now. Um, I was at a meeting last March and they were talking about that. And so there's growing interest in this, and I think that that's exciting too. And then that renewable natural gas can be used to power ethanol plants and drop the CI. And exactly. there's better fertilizer, and fertilizer is 1,500 bucks a ton. So exactly. if I can get it from my cows, hot dog. Exactly. And see, this is, and it's just a, uh, so you're going to, I think this is what the future looks like is we're going to see a lot more cooperation amongst parties who never would talk to each other. Think about it. I got, I got Delta with their customers coming to meet farmers. What, the <laughs> world, what's going on here, people? And it's a good sign and it bodes well for the future, getting everyone to work together and collaborate to solve problems and make money. Oh, yeah, making money still matters. And that's true for everybody who's listening. So, well, Dr. Gruber, I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me on Around Farm Progress. This has been a fantastic conversation. Good luck with Jivo. I'm hoping that if the timing works, I can make it to the groundbreaking in Lake Preston. Take well, care. I look forward to seeing you. It's good, good talking with you. Thanks to Dr. Gruber for joining me today. As you can hear, he's enthusiastic about the opportunities presented by this burgeoning renewable fuels market. And the interest in sustainable aviation fuel is growing due in part to the fact that the technology has advanced and net zero and even potential negative carbon levels are possible. And farmers can have a key role in making that happen as a source of those key commodities. To make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast, be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and more. And if you have a smart speaker, all you have to do is tell it to listen to Around Farm Progress and you'll hear the latest episode. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands, as well as farm futures, beef, national hog farmer and feedstuffs, 
and our events, including the Farm Progress Show, Husker Harvest Days, and the New York Farm Show. And speaking of the Farm Progress Show, gates open at 8 a.m. Tuesday, August 30th in Boone, Iowa for the big event, which runs through September 1st. It's the first time the event has been in this location since 2018. And from the first ever concert on the site to a host of new technology, this show will be worth the trip. You can learn more at farmprogressshow.com. And if you want to get updates ahead of the show, you can sign up for mobile texts. Just text FPS to 20505. That's F for Farm, P for Progress, S for Show to 20505. Then respond to the text you'll receive next. Then you'll be in the know for this big event. Note, regular text and message rates do apply. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.